0: Okay, at this time, brethren, we're blessed to have our sermon for today, by our pastor, Steve Andrews. I've been working on a series, uh, The Kings of Israel, and um, the last one we were, and the, unfortunately, um, if you went into it in detail, it would take a very long time to go through each one of them. But the last one was David, of course. And We know that David was a man after God's own heart. Interestingly enough, even though David's own personal life had a lot of problems. He was a bloody man, God said. and He wouldn't let him build the temple. He was also an adulterer and a murderer. And yet God... Forgave him interesting isn't it in the next and in fact not only that but God set up the lineage that would bring about our Savior Jesus Christ we know that Jesus had that lineage already in heaven but became a part of that royalty because of David and Solomon and those that were brought down through the ages It's interesting that Solomon almost didn't get that position. There was already a usurper to that throne, and he was already claiming himself king because David was in a situation in which he was dying. But Solomon, actually Bathsheba, his mother, ran to David and said, Remember, you promised that my son Solomon would sit on your throne. And so, God intervened and Solomon was made king. Interestingly enough, Solomon's first wish, first desire was given to him by God in a dream. Let's turn to that. Let's find out about what Solomon wanted as the king of Israel. It's found in 1 Kings, the third chapter. We'll go over there and we'll look at what happened. Beginning in verse 3, and Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father, only he sacrificed to burn incense in high places. And the king went to to Gibeon to sacrifice there for that was the great high place a thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar and Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God said ask what shall I give you can you imagine this is a dream and he's he's talking to God <laughs> in a dream and Solomon said you've shown unto your servant David my father great mercy and he had, definitely, showed unto his father great mercy, according as he walked before you in truth, and in great in righteousness and uprightness, and the heart with you, and you have kept for him that this great kindness that you have given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is this day. And now, O oh Lord my God. You have made your servant king instead of David, my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of this people which you have chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give, therefore, your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and bad for who... Is able to judge this you're so great at people and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon asked this thing and God said unto him because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life neither have asked riches for yourself nor have asked the life of your enemies but have asked for yourself understanding to discern judgment Behold, I have done according to your words. Lo, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like you before you, neither after you shall any arise like you. And I've also given you that which you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be among the kings like unto you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, and I put a... a, a little mark under the word if. Always remember the word if in the Bible because God puts that word in there for a, real, for a purpose and a reason because we know that Solomon did not live up continually to that. But at the beginning, Solomon did walk in his ways. If you will walk in my ways, keep my statutes and my commandments, As your father David did walk, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. And he came to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and offered up offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. And we understand that God gave him great wisdom. And that's what I'd like to talk about today. Wisdom is calling. Wisdom is always calling, reaching out to individuals, and this is one. Some of the most powerful words in the Bible is about wisdom, and of course, our Savior had great wisdom. And I'm going to save a couple of scriptures that I didn't give to to David. I mean, to to Brian uh, today at the end, because uh, considering the theme on Christ, I think that that is interesting that. Uh, I was thinking about that. He used this wisdom in this book in marvelous ways. So wisdom defined. Let's, let's go to Proverbs. We know where wisdom is. We'll go to Proverbs. Wisdom defined. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So we start with that wisdom. And then uh, let's go to Proverbs, the second chapter. By fearing the Lord, Proverbs 2, beginning verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth. Comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keeps the path of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. So if we want wisdom, we turn to God. We turn to his word to gain wisdom, to gain knowledge, to gain understanding. This is the basics. This is the true basics, the word of God. To gain wisdom, and of course, in the New Testament, Curtis has read this, and we know it by probably know these by heart, but in James the first chapter, just a few verses here, just to if you lack wisdom, verse five, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. And it shall be given him. So, we know where to find it. We also know that if we go to God, we can ask for wisdom. And he will give it to us. And that's because we're studying his word, we're following his ways, and he will help us in that. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven in the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And, of course, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So, James uh, put that very succinctly. In this day and age, fools despise this book. They despise God's truth and especially despise the wisdom that's in here. And it's been written for a very long time. It's nothing new. We look out, we see this, and we think, oh, "Why in the world do they think that way, or why are they saying that things?" But it's been that way all along. It's human nature. And when they reject God, they reject wisdom, they reject learning, they reject understanding. <laughs> and and if you go into Proverbs and you read, you really realize how true that all is. In Proverbs, the first chapter and verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. They don't want to be instructed in this way, in this truth, in this book. And it says in another place, only a fool says in his heart, there is no God. And there's a lot of fools out there that believe there is no God. this book and especially the proverbs are definitely for today there are so much in here about daily life about the, the things that are going on on a daily basis about how to understand why we're doing the things we're doing and yet i still like that i still think why do people do this kind of things and we'll get into that you know Gangs are condemned in the Bible. Did you know that? Let's turn to Proverbs, the first chapter. Of course, we're already there. And let's read it. My son, if sinners entice you, consent you not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood, and let us work privately for innocent without a cause. This is gangs and gang-oriented talk. Come, let's get together. Let's be a gang. Let's do this. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole, as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not you in the way with them. Refrain your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. This is a father talking to his son. And those of us that have children, and who have sons need they give them this information to avoid the evil in this world? And there are very bad, evil gangs out there, brethren. And our children need to understand that. And the the plain truth is right here in His Word against gangs, against joining a gang. Surely in vain. Net is spread in the sight of any bird, and they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which takes away the life of the owners thereof. You know, one of the gangs' initiations, yeah, you know, show us that you're a part of our gang. Go out and rob something, or go out and kill someone. We'll know you're a part of this gang. Wisdom cries without. She utters her voice in the streets. She cries in the chief places and concourse and the openings of the gates in the city. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning and the fools hate knowledge? I think I was going to stop a little bit before I got to that. Actually, I don't know. Yes, I was going to. Uh, Verse 19, yeah. I think am going to stop long before that. Okay. What about our welfare state? <laughs> it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that even in the Book of Proverbs it talks a little bit about the welfare state. Now I understand. Before I even read this, I understand perfectly that there is a need sometimes for people to to have um, assistance and help, and uh, sometimes. Uh, It's important that uh, when others can't help, the government can step in and help them because it is important that we don't, uh, that we're able to take care of people. But there is also in the Bible, there is a warning against those that take advantage and just use uh, and become very lazy. And in verse six of chapter um, chapter six, it says, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways. And be wise, which having no guide, overseer, uh, overseer or ruler, provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of your sleep? Yet you a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come as one that travails, or travels, uh, and your want as an armed man. And so even in the Bible, we find warnings against being a sluggard about not working, about that. But we understand that there's needs occasionally for those that have um, uh, needs for that. Also, before I get to, I don't want to embarrass or make anyone feel uncomfortable about this, because in the Bible, it does talk very plainly about certain things. Well, I was. Um, well, my mother and father were both uh, uh, divorced, and so my sister and I come from uh, a pair of divorced family, uh, divorced uh, people. Um, we had a very good life after that. So um, I can't say that uh, uh, um, that, that that's uh, you know not not something that uh, God can bless. I do say though that the scriptures are very plain about it. In, in a lot of ways, and I want to go through just a few verses here. Beginning in verse 27, can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go into hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goes into his neighbor's wife, whosoever touches her shall be uh, shall not be innocent. So, and and that's what my father said that he found his first wife um, with someone else. So. Um, it, it came to that um, situation, and that's the reason for his divorce from her, the, his first wife. And uh, they had a son, and my uh, mother had had uh, a son by a previous marriage, and so I had uh, two half-brothers um, that uh, lived with us occasionally over through the years. So it was kind of interesting, uh, the, the different families and the different ways that it worked out. It says... Um, so he that goes uh, to his neighbor's wife, whosoever touches her shall, be, uh, shall not be innocent. Men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. But whosoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He that does it destroys his own soul. A wound and a dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall, be, uh, shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance; he will not regard any ransom, and neither will he rest content though he gives it gifts it 's interesting in, uh, in today 's age, now when I was growing up and some of you that were older um, in Hollywood, it was always hushed up that there was an affair going on wasn't it? <laughs> What's it doing today? Oh, this is great. There we find another one. <laughs> Oh, he's, he's getting a divorce. He's, oh, and now they're back together again. Oh, no, wait a minute. He's uh, oh, wait a minute. They're, uh, they're together. Oh, wow, this is confusing. Oh, yeah, they're, they're back. But no, no, they're going to get a, another divorce. So anyway, it's very confusing out there. And, and it just makes for the tabloids news. And it's very sad that we live in a society that has pretty much accepted adultery as commonplace. Um... One of the things that I have really been having and struggling with recently is the next part of my subject, the older woman and the very young boy. How many have been reading the news about this? Anybody, Anybody look at the rogue's uh, gallery of ladies and young boys? Let me read the scriptures, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. And this is talking about the prostitution. Which is very old, and usually, this is older guys and women that are, you know, do this for a trade. But it's become in this society something totally different, and and it's um, very convoluted. And I'm just breaking into the thought here, verse 13. So she caught him, kissed him, and with impudent face said to him, "I have peace offerings with me this day. Have I paid my vows? Therefore." came I forth to meet you, diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, carved works with the linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with love, for the good man is not at the home. He has gone a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him and will come home in in the day appointed. Their much fair speech, she caused him to yield. And with the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goes after her straightway. And I'm going to stop right there. I won't read the rest of that. But what I wanted to bring up, and I don't understand the psychology, I don't understand what's going on. But from 20 years old up into 40 years old, women are now you know, are, are being caught with their students. Um, Texas, Florida. I don't know if it's happening in Oklahoma, but it seems like Texas and Florida seem to be pretty good areas for that. But this it seems like that you have, a, you have a woman who has gone to school, has gotten a degree, and now is a teacher. She might have a husband. She may have children. And what does she do? She picks one of her young students usually 14, 15, 16-year-old, sometimes 17, and has an affair with one of her students. She does exactly what this lady here has done. She sends text to him. I am, and you know, all kinds of things. Now we have this text thing that we can send. We can send pictures over the phone, no matter what kind of pictures we send, and they never get erased, even though we think they do, and they can be found out. And yet, it still seems to be prevalent and a part of the society. And it's, uh, it's sad because I see them, and they, they're young, and they, they have a whole life ahead of them, and they're going to be in jail for years. And then when they come out, they're going to be marked as sex offenders in this society in today's age. Why don't they read the Bible? (laughs) They've come out of universities that have rejected God's word. Rejected this truth. Rejected this wisdom. Rejected this understanding. And they've lived their lives thinking that they can just get away with just about anything. And it's sad. And I look at them and I thought, man, they've got their whole life ahead of them children and, and family and everything, dedicating, and they've, they've got abilities, and they're throwing it away because they will be found out. They will be found out. Enough said about that. It's, it's sad, and I, I know the Bible is very plain. I hope I haven't embarrassed anybody by it. God says there's seven things that he hates. Well, there's six, and then there's the seven. You'll find those in, in Proverbs the sixth chapter. We need to understand these things. These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are of the abomination unto him. A proud look. A lying tongue. Fake, fake everything anymore. <laughs> I have no. I, I I read the news, and I don't know if I'm reading fake or not. <laughs> I don't know if I'm reading something that's real or not anymore. Hands that shed innocent blood, and we're having a lot of that in Oklahoma and Tulsa. I don't understand. People are shooting one another, or stabbing one another. It is really getting bad, and it's sad. It really is. If they would just turn to the wisdom of God's word. And change their life and repent and accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior which is what we've been talking about a heart that devises wicked imagination feet that are swift running to mischief again talking about gangs involved in gangs and different things a false witness that speaks lies and this last one we have seen this so much in the church. He that sows discord among brethren. He that sows discord among brethren. So that they become so hate-filled of their own congregation, they're ready to spit and go somewhere else. We need to love one another. God says he hates that. He, He hates us to sow discord among one another. That's one of the things that he hates also. So, now we have kind of a, a, a groundwork for where I want to go. Because wisdom is calling. I want us to, to imagine something very interesting that I've been thinking about. I want us to imagine, we're going to be going through Proverbs, the, the eighth chapter. I think some of us are very familiar with it. Because in this, in this chapter, it's, wisdom is personified. Um, I want us to imagine the most beautiful woman. The most beautiful woman no matter what ethnicity she is. You know, if she's um, Korean or a black woman or a white woman, but the most beautiful woman. Dressed in the longest, most beautiful, almost um, one of those Beautiful gowns with long sleeves it goes all the way to the feet, and her feet are, are, have uh, like golden slippers, something that you would see out of a um, maybe right out of some um, movie. just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And what is she doing? She's walking through the streets of America. She's walking through the streets of America. And here's what she's saying. Doth not wisdom cry and understand put forth her voice? She stands in the top of the high places by the way places of the paths. She cries at the gate, at the entry of the city, at the coming of the doors. Unto you, O man, I call and my voice is to the sons of men. Oh, you simple, understand wisdom. And you fools, be you an, of an understanding heart. There is a cry going out constantly, and it's right here. And people need to dust it off and look at it. Here, for I, shall, I will speak of excellent things, and the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, and wickedness is an abomination in my lips. Very interesting, isn't it? All the words of my mouth are in righteousness, and there is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are all plain to him that understands, and right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instructions, and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. So instruction in God's word and knowledge in God's word is more precious than all the money that you can get. uh, I remember when J. Paul Getty said he wished he could have at least one good marriage. He'd give all of his money for, for one good marriage. Receive my instruction, okay, okay. for wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way in the forward mouth do I hate. When you have wisdom, of God's wisdom, you have those things within you. You understand that because you've got God's spirit. And you have, a, you have a, a, an understanding of what's going on in the world. And you see the hate. You see that. And you wish that it was different. Of course, we know what the solution is. The return of Christ to the earth. But right now, while we live in this society, we see this. And it, and it really is hard on our hearts. Counsel is mine. And sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. Isn't that interesting? If they really want to rule properly, they will go to this word. They will understand. Just like God instructed Moses to tell the kings to write out those first five books. And to live by them. And to live by them. By me princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Wisdom. It's out there. It's ready. It's, it's, it's available. It's one of those things that's 24-7. It's available, 24-7. He says, riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold. I'm my revenue than choice silver. Man, one, of the day, one of these days, those things are going to be thrown in the street. And the only thing that's going to be left is the understanding of the word of God. And, of course, the kingdom of God will be coming to this earth at that time. I live in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. That I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. It's almost like walking down the streets and calling out to people to go in and search the scriptures, to look at your Bible, to look in there, and you're going to find wisdom. And she personifies wisdom. That I may cause those that love me to inherit in substance, and I will fill the treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of His way, before His works of old. I was set up from everlasting and from the beginning, forever on the uh, forever the earth was, or, or or ever the earth was. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth, while as yet I had not made the earth, nor their fields, nor the highest part of of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass, His commandment when he appointed the fountains of the earth. Then I was by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight rejoicing always before him. Isn't it interesting? God's wisdom is is eternal. It's powerful. It's been there forever. Rejoicing in in, in the habitable part of this earth. And my delights were with the sons of men. Now therefore hearken unto me, O you children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that hears me watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors, for whoso finds me finds life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongs his own soul. All they that hate me love death. All they that hate me love death. I didn't have these. I didn't give these to, um, to Brian. I have a few minutes here to, to bring these out. The theme today was on Christ, and I got to thinking as I was sitting there, of all the ones that would have this kind of powerful information, Jesus Christ would be that. He would use this wisdom. Let's look. Let's go back to his life, and let's look a little bit. When he was a young man in Luke, the second chapter, you know what happened. You know what happened. He was astounding the very teachers. Why? Because he read the truth. He knew the word. Let's go to Luke, the second chapter, 46 for, uh, through, um, through 49. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple. They, they had been to, to the feast, and, and uh, uh, I think it was the... Uh, feast of Passover so it was the uh, spring holy days and they had gone they had left and they expected him to be with them I mean they, they trusted him to, to come and, and, and do uh, and to be with them so after the, the three days they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors both hearing them and asking them questions and all that heard them were astan- astonished at his understanding and answers. why is that Because he was filled with the word, with God. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto his son, Why have you thus dealt with us? Behold, your father and I have sought you sorrowing. And he said, How is it? And he sought me. Wist you not that I must be about my father's business? That I must be about my father's business. So Jesus was filled with the word. With the Word of God, how do you defeat Satan? How do you defeat him? Do you uh, take a sword after him? Do you, do you? Um, I mean, how how would you defeat Satan? Well, Jesus taught us how to defeat him. He taught us. Let's go to to to. Um, Matthew the fourth chapter and I think this is very important and it fits right in with this about wisdom because there is wisdom in understanding the power of God's scriptures and I mean the power of God's scriptures and the power of the name of Jesus Christ then was Jesus led up into the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil this is Matthew the fourth chapter beginning in verse one and I've always been so profoundly impressed with the power that was there. And it was almost like there was lightning and sparks and things going on. And yet, it was an intellectual battle. It was like a, a, just a powerful intellectual battle between him, between Jesus Christ and Satan the devil. When he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him he said if you be the son of God command these stones to be made into bread so he starts right off right? he knew that he was needing because it was physical and he needed food and he answered and said it is written man shall live by bread only bread alone but by every not by uh, shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God Deuteronomy 8 Verse 5, quoted straight out of Deuteronomy. Then the devil takes him up unto the holy city, sets him in a high pin- uh, pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge concerning you, and their hand shall, uh, shall bear you up, lest at any time you shall dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It's written, and you may be quoting scripture, but it's written, Again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. You want that scripture? I wrote them down because I thought this was some of the most profound, powerful message that could be given. That Jesus fought with Satan, not with swords. Not with blows of fists, but with the power of God's word. And he defeats him. (laughs) The devil took him up unto an exceedingly high mountain. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto these, all these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Oh boy. Talk about it. Somebody bold. You know, Jesus just quoted the scripture. Get you hands, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Deuteronomy 6, verse 13. And the devil, having nothing more to say, and being, really being defeated, literally defeated, the devil left him and behold angels came and ministered unto him. Wisdom is calling. Brethren, wisdom is calling for anyone that will listen. For all that will listen. We know that calling, don't we? It's a calling to repentance. It's a calling to come to God. It's a calling to come to Jesus Christ. It's a calling to accept Christ as your personal Savior. And any of those who might be listening, and you are ready, come to Christ. Be baptized. Receive the Holy Spirit. God will give it, and you will understand, and you will grow in wisdom and knowledge of this Word because you will grasp that through the Spirit, and you will have understanding. It is a powerful message. Wisdom is calling.